This is an SJC Radio production. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to episode I think we've got everybody here. Uh, Joe, we've got Joe, we've got Finn. Do we have Ed? Yes, we do, finally. We have, that's excellent. Brilliant. And we've got a special guest this evening. We've got uh, Dave Anthony. Hello, Dave. Good evening. Now, Dave is a contemporary of uh, my brother. Um, obviously went to Lord Bondsworth. And Dave is a long-time motorsport uh Enthusiast, I'm sure we'll have an awful lot to say. Right. Okay. Let's just, um, in terms of news, just something that caught my my eye this week. Um, there's going to be, um, I'm not sure when this is going to be implemented, but there's going to be a uh, new qualifying session for the sprint races. Um, let's go. Uh, okay. Joe, thoughts on that? Having a qualifying session specifically for the sprint race. I don't like it, but I'm not surprised. There's sort of the increasing volume, the increasing capacity of Formula One. Um, they've sort of stretched the season out. There's more races each year. And also they're going to try and fit more within those weekends, obviously to make more money. So it's 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 not a surprising move in a financial sense, but it is a surprising move in that you think you've probably got enough going on with 26 races in a year anyway. Yeah. It's the old, is it like more is more? I would argue less is more. Dave, your thoughts on that? Good idea or not? Yeah, the, the the more the more things there are to watch, the more you're going to be risking the chance of missing some. Which yeah. means then, if you're already missing some, it doesn't really matter, and more people will just dip in and out as opposed yeah. to committing to watch the entire thing. That's the danger, isn't it? That's a very good point. I, I would argue that that qualifying session is completely unnecessary because there's a much simpler solution to this. And that's very simply that the qualifying as it is determines the grid for both the sprint race and main race. There's no need for a separate qualifying session. So as usual with F1, um, they've made a complete mess of it. Um, it's a much simpler way of doing things. Right, let's move on to the Australian Grand Prix. That was a win, surprise, surprise for Verstappen. Hamilton was second, that might've been a bit of a surprise. Alonso was third. Now let's have a think. Joe, you haven't seen it. Uh, no, sorry, I was in Madrid. And Ed, did you see the Grand Prix, Ed? Uh, I've seen bits of it, but uh, I'll be honest, I haven't watched the the whole race through. So um, that's fair enough. 
and Dave, I know you saw it. So let's go. Star ratings. I can't comment. I've only seen the six-minute highlights. Uh, Finn, star rating. Now, Finn just started eating, so not great timing there. Uh, <laughs> Finn, you're, you, I think you've got to speak here. Three out of five. Two out of five. Fine language isn't going to be very helpful for podcasts. Radio. So, swallow whatever you're eating. Out of five stars, Finn. Two and a half. Two and a half. And um, I thought you might have gone for more than that because the impression I got from watching the brief YouTube highlights it, is that it was a very eventful race. I thought that might yeah, have brought to Nick, you. Mate, that six minutes of a 50-minute race, which yeah. wasn't good. Yes. Got the good yeah, yeah. I would agree. I'd say two. I'd say two because without those incidents, it was it was a relatively boring race. After uh, Russell had his problems, then it was it, it was a dull race, which was made exciting by the incidents. Yeah, funny the the comments that I've read on the internet, and I think I don't think these are from motorsport enthusiasts. I think these are from these new Formula One fans. They said, "Oh, it was amazing, best race ever," simply because it was it was incident packed. Um, yeah, it was contentious. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I mean, having watched those six-minute highlights, there's no way I would watch uh, extended highlights simply because I think there were three standing starts. Now, to me, yeah, that's a complete yeah. class. You have one standing start at the beginning, and I'm pretty sure I'm not convinced that those other two standing starts, starts were necessary. The The race was... I thought the race was uh, effectively ruined by the uh, first safety car because up until the first safety car, you had uh, Russell reading from Hamilton and then Verstappen. Now, because Verstappen was in a DRS train, he couldn't perhaps get past Lewis to get onto the tail of George because George was staying just within <coughs> a second of Lewis. So... It was only then when there was the first safety car that, um, before it was red flagged, so the safety car came out, George came in, leaving Lewis and um, Max, and then it was stopped, it was restarted, Lewis from Max, but then Max just sailed past uh, mm. Lewis on DRS. And George yeah. was, you know, back in seventh by this time and was already out of it. And then his his car died. So the the race from the front was that was it was over at that stage. Yeah, yeah. Right. Moving on to the predictions. Um, I kind of let, let's let's do it in reverse order. Joe, you came last in the predictions. You had we. Hold on. Actually, no, hold on. I'm, I lied there. Joe, you had Verstappen to win, actually. All right. So you got, I made a mistake there. You got 25 oh, That points. was a brave choice. What, what it was a brave choice. Um, Finn, you scored 35 points. You had Alonso in third. Did I win? No. Um, you also had Verstappen in second, so you scored something for that. No, I came top again. Here we go, Dave, with my predictions. I do the same predictions every race. Verstappen, Perez, Alonso... <laughs> I got two out of those three in, in the right Excellent. order. Um, let me just change that. So that means that 
the current standings, Joe, you're on 85 points. Finn, you're on 100 points. I'm out front with 155 points. Now, you might say, well, hold on. What about the MotoGP predictions? Funny enough, MotoGP predictions do not affect our points whatsoever. I'll talk about that in a minute. So, moving on to uh, MotoGP. Uh, it was the Argentinian MotoGP. Right, okay, that's Finn, did you see that? Finn? Of course. Yep. Sprint and main race or just the main race? You know I didn't see the sprint race. Okay. Um, Dave, did you see any of the MotoGP? All of it. No? Okay. Every single last lap. You 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 saw you saw it all. Yep. Yep. Oh, excellent. Yep. Uh, sprint and uh, main race. Excellent. So I just go through the results. Sprint race, Binder first. Nobody saw that coming. Zeki second. Luca third. Main race. <laughs> Zeki first. Sarko second. Alex Marquez third. Right here we go. We'll do what, how we usually do it. Contenders for best ride. Finn, who'd like to throw in uh, the best ride? Zeki. Zeki, it's hard Marco to argue Bezzecki. with that. Um, what about what about Finn from fifteenth to first in three laps? Yeah, Binder was unbelievable in that sprint race. I would say another contender would be more Bedelli, um, who has mm. been oh, yeah. for about two years now, yes. and he was. I think he came fourth in in, in both the races. Best ride. I think it's it's very difficult between Binder and Bezeki, isn't it? I, I think yeah, we're going to yeah. have to go Binder on that simply because he came from 15th to 1st in the sprint <laughs> race. Now, the, yeah, I mean, the um, the BT pundits, they thought it was the best race that they've ever seen. That's a good race. It was unbelievable. <laughs> right. So we're saying Binder for best ride. Biggest surprise, contenders for biggest surprise, Finn. Buzaki win. Yeah, that's certainly a contender. No, sorry, Binder win in the sprint race. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, nobody saw yeah. that coming. Dave, any other contenders for biggest surprise? Oh, I'd, I'd, li I'd like to say Peko falling off, but not yeah. really. Yeah. It was more a case of, yeah, has he got over that? And it's the answer is no. But he, he did look as though he had got over that. So, yeah, yeah. So you're saying, okay, another one I'm going to throw into the hat will be mentioned already, Morbidelli. And I'm going to say that that was probably the biggest surprise. I mean, right. the out-qualified... can't Otto go with your Aro. writer every yeah, time yeah, if you realise that. What, what's that, Finn? you got to change... You got you can't go with your one every time. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, that's no. A good idea. Best who one, saw, I went for Binder. Who saw Morbidelli? Who saw Morbidelli? Nobody saw that. Now, where that performance came from... Morbidelli said that he said it felt good. Uh, he had a good feeling on the bike. Um, the pundits were saying that Morbidelli is very good. He's a very smooth rider and he's very good on low grip tracks. In Argentina, because it's not used very often, it is a low yeah. grip track. Now, that, that performance might be a one off. I hope it's not. But it'd be great if he can continue that form into Cotter the next round. Uh, biggest disappointments, contenders for that. Any thoughts? Bag knife or not? Bag knife falling off. I, for me, that wasn't a disappointment. I was quite pleased he fell off because I'm, <laughs> I don't want the championship dominated by Bag knife. Yeah. I don't think it will be actually. Well, yeah. there's an obvious one would be Quattararo. Uh, 
Well, we said that last time, so. Uh, well, I, I take. Well, sorry, Finn. I'm gonna. It's gonna be my one again. The biggest disappointment, I I would say, must be the performance of the, the Prettyers, because they were top in free practice. In fact, they were favourites to win, and um, they were nowhere. That's purely because the the main race was, was held in wet conditions, but they were out and out favourites. Um, Vinales. Uh, was the favourite to win the main race, but in, I suppose that's that's where it's been. That's a major yeah. disappointment because it does show that there is no fight for the championship, doesn't it? Realistically, what you mean between I manufacturers? Mean, well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because well, that, um, that... Aprilia aren't going to have the consistency to challenge. No, um, but, with... well, I, well, what, well, what I would say, there might not be a battle between manufacturers, but I would argue that this is shaping up to be the most competitive season of MotoGP racing that I've ever seen because there are numerous riders who, who can win each race um, and the level of competition. What, what, what's impressed me, I didn't think the privateer Ducati riders would race hard against Badnaya, but Luca Marini and Bezzecchi <laughs> They, they gave Bagnaia no quarter whatsoever. The racing in that sprint race especially was unbelievably um, hard and, yeah, no business were taken there. Um, so you've seen, yeah, going back to the biggest surprise, we didn't mention Zarco doing what he did in the last round in the main race, coming from nowhere, ending up second. Best moment of, well, I say the race, best moment of the weekend I'm going to suggest the best moment was the sprint race. The whole of the sprint race was eight laps, was it nine laps or whatever, of just non-stop action. I just thought, for me, that was the best moment. You, you might argue that Bagnaia falling off was the best moment because that's thrown open the championship. Bezeki is now leading the championship. Um, and actually, uh, the pundits of BT Sport, you know, reckon he's looking, you know, he, yeah, he could be favourite to win the championship. He just looks really, really good. Um, would moving on. Would, would you say oh. that the sprint could end up being the most entertaining element well, of the weekend? I think, I think what's... The most look forward to. Well, I'll tell you what's worked really well is there was a concern that sprint race would just be the same as the main race, but half the length. It's not. It's completely different because in the main race the riders have to look after their tyres. In the sprint race, you don't need to do that. So actually, yeah. the sprint race, um, it, it favours just riders who, you know, are unbelievably, um, what's the word? Insane. Um, insane, you could say that. Just the ones who go balls out and, and you know, will, will, will <laughs> and take risks. It favours those, whereas the longer race, favours the riders who are a bit more thinking perhaps, the ones who conserve their tyres. So I think the yeah. longer race favour the likes of Bagnaia and Zarco. I think the shorter races favour the mad people like like Binder. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I think anyway. Moving on, Moto2 um, that was Arbolino first, Lopez second, Dixon third. Moto3, that was Suzuki first, Marrera second, Mino third. Marrero is my tip for the Moto3 Championship. Uh, Mino was a sub, actually. That was a one-off ride for Mino, so that was a good result. Predictions, <laughs> MotoGP, none of us were able to predict any of the podium finishes. We all scored zero points. 
We all scored. Zero. That's a good thing, surely. Yeah. Well, it goes to show how unpredictable it is. Mode F1, you can pretty much predict. Um, our predictions to MotoGP showed that it's almost impossible to predict. Right. Moving on. Right, Dave, we're going to ask you a whole load of questions now. Ed, are you still there? <laughs> yes, I am. Ed? Good. Right, Finn, first question. These are questions for Dave. Fire away, Finn. Uh, how did you get interested in motorsport? Ah, so uh, when I was in school with Mr. Bird's brother, Steve, um, we had a friend, Chris, who was mad keen on motor racing. And I had the, in the dormitory, I had the uh, bed next to him and he had on the wall, uh, the uh, foot of his bed, head of his bed, whatever, he had a, a massive poster of the uh, opening lap of the 1980 Long Beach Grand Prix. So I was just lying there staring at that every, every day, every night, whatever. And um, he gradually got me or convinced me, he, that was it, he was being confirmed and he asked me to watch a race which was the uh belgian grand prix 1981 did i say 1983 long beach 1980 long beach and yeah. he asked me to watch the uh 1980 belgian grand prix and i'm still watching it not that very race but uh i've watched every race bar two since dave about good that question that right. dave was the 81 81- Belgian Grand Prix, the race where one of the mechanics got injured on the start line. It certainly was. It certainly was. I think, Finn, you've seen that on YouTube. Because the previous day in qualifying, was a mechanic killed in the pit lane? Oh, yeah, there was was a mechanic. One of the mechanics was either killed or seriously injured in the pit lane the day before. And at the start of the race, just as the race was starting, didn't, didn't one of the cars stall was it the arrow stalled and one of the mechanics jumped over the wall and then he got Do you know what? this is this is bizarre i had an interview once at autosport yeah now it wasn't for on the editorial side it, it was on the classified advertising side and yeah. so i'd really prepared for this interview and i went along and i said about belgian grand prix 1981 and the person who was interviewed me said the very same thing. And I'm like, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I didn't get the job. And I'm pretty much she was convinced <laughs> that it was because of my ineptitude when it came to the the wider history of the 1981 Belgian Grand Prix, which was won by Carlos Reutemann. I can say that now. There we does go. that help? Excellent. Does that redeem me? It does. <laughs> you are, yeah, you're forgiven. Right, Ed, next question. Which type of motorsport are you most into? Oh, okay. So, um, this weekend, gone, watching the MotoGP sprint, I was convinced this is the best thing I've ever seen. Sunday morning, watching the Formula One, even though it was, let's face it, a rubbish race, I was thinking, do you know what? This could be the best type of motorsport. And then in the evening, watching the uh, full MotoGP race, I was thinking, I, I like the sprint, but I do like the more tactical element of this. So to be honest with you, I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't want to give up any of them. I, yeah, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't say. I've, I've also got a hankering for um, American Oval racing as well. I suppose 
If you put a gun to my head, I'd say Formula One. But, yeah, I, I've, I've managed to structure my life so that I always watch the Formula One and I always watch the MotoGP. I, I'll get, I'll get, I can get rid of, you know, Moto2, Moto3, Formula2, Formula3, whatever, but um, my life is structured around that. So it doesn't matter what else is going on in the world. Yes, I would like to go to your wedding, um, sister, brother. I don't have any, but if I did, but I can't because you scheduled it at the same time as a Grand Prix. So it's not happening. I won't be there. <laughs> so it sounds like F1 is probably a favourite. Right, Joe, over to you. So we've been doing with the, with the newer guests we've been having on recently. We've started this new, uh, I wouldn't say trend, we've started this new uh, thesis where we're saying, what is the first and what is the last race that you've attended? Ah. Uh, first race was um, the 1983 Race of Champions, which was the last ever non-championship Formula One race, right? Um, and the last race I went to. God, Dave, can Nick, you when did you get those MotoGP uh, oh. passes? When was that? Yeah, that could <laughs> um, be. I'm not sure what year that was. I'm going to guess. Was it 20? 2014? Might have been 2014. Okay, that that could well have been it. So even though I, I watch every race, as you see, I haven't <coughs> been to a race in a long time. Can you, Dave, can you tell us a little bit, let's go back to the first race, the 83 Race of Champions. Can you tell yeah. us a little bit about that race? I certainly can. I, <laughs> right, okay. So uh, I, I think I know what you, you might not get again. But, um, okay, so... Uh, Keke Rosberg won it in dramatic fashion. He had a puncture, um, a slow puncture in the last few, few laps, uh, but he held on to win. But I think what you're referring to is uh, I went on um, uh, a paid extra for a, uh, a pit lane walkabout, which is basically you, you get a ticket which allows you into the centre, into the pits, outside the front of the pits, <laughs> And you got these sort of like tensor barriers uh, across the um, pit boxes, like you get if you go into the post office or something like that, and people want to create a, a sort of lane system. Um, there was these tensor barriers across there. <laughs> Outside the Ferrari pit, there was, uh, as is always, the Ferrari pit is the uh, oh look at that giant Toblerone. Joe's just got ah. That's I got cool. it in duty free yesterday. Wow. Oh, Wow. Sorry to interrupt recording. Yeah, it's, it's not good for radio, I, I admit that, but there we are. So that, but at least you describe what it is. At least you would describe what it is rather than say that's nice and not yeah. describe what it is. Like. <laughs> so there I was, 1983, starving for chocolate, but I was outside the Ferrari pit along with hordes of other people. And I'm, I'm there, I worked my way to the front. And there, right in front of me, about three foot away, sat on a bench, is Rennie Arnoux. Ferrari driver and everyone is behind this barrier which isn't a barrier it's just sort of like a, a strip of material and I'm selling and I'm sort of like for about a minute or two and that sod this so I ducked under the barrier went in sat down on the bench next to him and I just really? sat there and waited uh, he looked at me and smiled I said ready can I have your autograph please because that was how my voice was back then and uh, he signed it and um, I uh, got up, back under the barrier, off I went, and other people went to go and uh, 
duck under the barrier, but he was like, no, no, no. And then the um, security guards came along and uh, stopped that. Um, later on that day, going back into the pits, because I snuck in over the track after the racing had finished over the track, went back past that Ferrari pit. And there in that pit was down by where Arnoux had been sat was a pair of white racing gloves, which I purloined. And um, <laughs> now I've all, I've always felt uh, that they were Arnoux's gloves, whether they were or not. But, you know, after time that passed into some sort of legend that, and do you know what? I have no idea where they are, but let's say they were ready Arnoux's gloves. Hey, what do you reckon? <laughs> So that, that, that was my first uh, foray into uh, um, sneaking into places at Grand Prix where I shouldn't have, or motor racing where I shouldn't have been, and um, did it for the rest of that decade and through the 90s with some spectacular results, I must say. <laughs> nice. Right, now I've muted Finn. I don't know how to unmute him. <laughs> There we go. There we go. Hello, got a chat. Okay, Finn. Next question. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, um, um, what are you planning? Are you planning on attending any races this year? No. Next question, <laughs> please. So, um, <laughs> Dave, you're you're not that interested in actually going to races then. No, not not anymore. I suppose it's more um, so uh, attending races is an experience, undeniably. But it's when I ever attended a race, I'd always have to come home and then try to watch the race to find out what was going on. So it was an yeah, experience yeah. rather than yeah. watching a race. I, I went I went to um, a Cezanne exhibition at the Tate Modern the other month, and I'm looking at the paintings. But there's lots of other people, and they're getting in the way. I'm thinking that's pretty much similar to uh, Formula One race, and um, and you've even got London prices at Silverstone. So even though my mum lives in Silverstone Village, and I go and see her, I I haven't been to the circuit for a while, so I'm not planning to attend yeah. a race. Okay. Um, Ed, next question. Uh, what do you think of the current state of F1? I like that. Good question. It's always good. Well, in the sense of, well, no, it's not always good. Like there's rubbish races, um, but there is, there is always something compelling about it. Now, I, I was referring earlier, I can't remember if it was on this attempt to record or an earlier attempt to record that failed, but I was mentioning about the, the 1955 um, uh, Belgian Grand Prix I was watching on YouTube, and that was, uh, it was dire. There was sort of like a minute between all the contenders, and yet there was, you know, compelling elements to watch that. And when um, I, we, uh, Mr. Bird and I started uh, watching it. It was you. You would get uh, people breaking down all the time. There yeah, were, uh, there were yeah. gaps in the racing. Um, there was overtaking, but it, it's sort of like it, it all balances out. 
and there's the thing is there's there's you you've got so much more visibility and access now so you're you can be more uh, a part of it i would say it's it's as good but it's different i mean it's a completely different sport from what it was when i started watching it but it's as good because it's it's of its time now yeah you, well, I would argue, Dave, the difference between Formula One when we were watching in the 80s and Formula One now is the predictability of it today. Um, it's very predictable, as we've seen from, from our predictions. And I think that's down yeah. to how reliable the cars are, because back in 82, I mean, the Renaults would sort of shoot off into the distance <laughs> and invariably would, would blow up, wouldn't they? Um, yeah, yeah. The race was really interesting in the 80s because the reliability was so awful, particularly the turbo cars. Yeah, yeah. But then but compare today, and contrast. Look, so look at 2021. Surely 2021 was the the best championship season ever, wasn't it? Well, in terms of it coming down to the last rate, but that finish was slightly contrived, wasn't it? They decided to ignore well, yeah, some but, of the rules concerning the safety car. But the races themselves, wasn't that how many how many spectacular races were there that year? Yeah, yeah. Is, that, that, is anyone else? Everyone's eating and nodding. That, that's the trouble of holding because we, we delayed. We had to delay. No, no. Everybody's no in all fairness, Dave, they they always eat. Joe eats non-stop. He's a grazer. Joe never stops eating. <laughs> that's quite rude, to be fair. That's just and, quite uh, rude. Well, he admitted that himself. <laughs> and Finn is now starting to follow me. You're a cow. Well. So. <laughs> Dave, I'm the only professional one here. I'm the only one who doesn't eat during the broadcast. The rest of them just eat. But, but Nick, mate, if it was this time, if it was this time tomorrow, you'd probably be asleep by now. This time <laughs> tomorrow, least. I probably would. Um, Joe, I've got a feeling we've Dave's already answered your next question. Am I right? Joe, you, you, you turned your sound off. You're muted. You're muted. You're muted. Joe, you are muted. I was just thinking that. You yeah, are yeah, muted now. I was just thinking that. You know you've got quite a good guess when they overlap onto the next question. So you've <laughs> taken away my job in that aspect. So you can go on to the next one. You asked me an earlier question about the last race I saw. Can I tell you the last but one race I saw, which was the uh, 2010, 2010, whatever you really call it now, Italian Grand Prix at Monza, won by Fernando Alonso in the Ferrari. Now, that was an experience. I was saying attending races is an experience. Ferrari winning at Monza, that was an Ooh. experience. Wow. Yeah. Even yeah. more of an experience was trying to get back into Milan because yeah. we, as soon as the race had finished, me and my mate scarpered for the train station because it was going to be mayhem and we managed to get on the train, but it was standing room only. Literally to the point it was that crowded that I couldn't scratch my nose because I couldn't lift my hand up, and I've never been in that busy a train before. Not quite as exciting as the actual being at the circuit pit, but I thought I'd relay where, that. Where Where did in. you watch the race from in Monza? Yeah, it wasn't great. It was on the inside of the uh, main straight, just after yeah. the Parabolica. So it was sort of like just before the pit entrance on the Yeah, inside. I know it, I know it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's a pretty good place, I reckon. It's a, it's a, it's, it's just such a, it's a lovely place, isn't it? In, in the, in the park, the Royal Park, 
and then you're, you're oh, walking yeah. through this park all this greenery uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden you've got this historic racetrack and it's just yeah. the whole place is just cool it's quite bizarre mm. isn't it dave because the circuit is almost hidden in the park isn't it yeah, there, yeah. There, there'll be people there'll be visitors to monster great park who probably don't know there's a racetrack in the park it, it is it's quite absolutely bizarre, really. that is uh, mad yeah definitely right definitely dave i've got some quick fire questions don't think too much about the answers so here we go <laughs> quick fire questions your i think i know the answer to this one favorite driver of all time Atkinson. really I thought it'd be Gilles Villeneuve. No, no, no. My uh, my eldest child is uh, named after or named Gilles after him, but um, it's really? and my favourite number is twenty-seven. But um, probably probably because I, I got interested in motor racing in nineteen eighty-one, and then Villeneuve died in nineteen eighty-two, so there wasn't much time. I haven't watched the Villeneuve Peroni documentary yet because I fear it's got a sad ending so <laughs> watch it but it's very good certainly worth watching uh right next so, question um your favorite race car oh. lightning mcqueen lightning mcqueen uh porsche 917 maybe i've sat in like one that. of them <laughs> really? um yeah probably or 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 a 962 oh that's my favorite dave that's my yeah. favorite Porsche 962. <laughs> still okay so uh, uh, this might link in the next question your favorite color scheme yeah um penske um i i think from 90 1990 pens oil yellow pens oil one yeah yeah that's just yeah i'll tell you what yellow we've said this before yellow is a great color for, for racing cars it um, is good isn't it? do like yellow on racing cars your favorite circuit oh oh um oh yeah I, I really like kota monza spa do you know what i, I think at the moment i mean I, i'd chop and change but probably one my current favorite is zandvoort just because that's oh. mad most races you watch it and Zambor is the one that you watch and you think there's no way I could do that the rest of them it's almost possible you can imagine it's a car because it's not so visceral but certainly when you're when you see them going around the banking when it's in car on there because it's tight and twisty and just so fast it's yeah that's a it doesn't seem to be anywhere on the circuit for the drivers to relax a bit because there's no. no long straight to calm things down. It's all, yeah, it's, it's it's a crazy racetrack. It is a completely yeah, yeah, crazy racetrack. Imagine, got... imagine a MotoGP 12 lap sprint at Zandvoort. Yeah. Now that yeah. surely would be the ultimate form yeah. of motorsport, wouldn't it? Yeah. Dave, have you got that present you showed me yesterday that your son gave you? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My son got me this which is um a piston from keki rosberg's williams from the uh, 1983 monaco grand prix i watched that yeah. i watched that in lord wandsworth i was um 
I wasn't supposed to watch it. The housemaster um, had uh, got me on some um, trumped up, spurious um, uh, concoction of a, a misdemeanor that I'd supposedly done. I, I never did any misdemeanors. I was just away with the fairies for most of the time. But he told me that I'd done something wrong. He knew it was the Grand Prix, so he. But he had me. He was out for the day. Him and his wife were out for the day. He, he stuck me in his office and said, "Right, you stay there and you stay there for the next." I, know, I had to write an essay about something, but I snuck out and um, I was snuck into the uh, your, your brother. Among other people, snuck me into the uh, TV room, and I watched that race from underneath a chair. The things I do <laughs> to watch. So you see, so that was that was uh, Monaco, which would have been May nineteen eighty three. So you, so, you so can Dave, imagine when I. Hmm? So why were you under the chair? Can you explain why you were under the chair? Because I had to hide from uh, prefects and whoever else would have seen me, and then dog me into the housemaster. And right. I managed to get back. Just it was like something out of a TV comedy. I managed to get back into uh, his study just in time as the housemaster got back. Jobs are good. What what so what do you recall hmm? about the race itself, Dave? It was a wet track to begin with. Yeah. Rosberg, one of very few people to start on slicks, all yeah. those around him. So even though he was in a normally aspirated Williams. And those around him were in um, turbocharged whatever, and they had a much greater. Well, they had a massive performance advantage. He was because he'd start. He started on wets. He uh, he gained the lead. He managed to hold the lead, and the rest of them had to go into the pits. And um, away Rosberg went to win. I, I remember. I remember that race very well. I was watching it at home actually. Um, although I was a border, I went home. Uh, on, on the Sunday and my favorite driver Derek Warwick was battling I think it was for fourth position with Mark Surer I think he was trying to overtake Surer and they 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 collided at Sandovolt yeah and yeah, um, yeah. Finn, you, you're like this Finn I was bet I was so upset I ran upstairs to cry because Derek Warwick was wow. out of the race for the few occasions I've cried in a sporting event, I ran upstairs uh, and I just burst into tears. Um, I think whether I came down or not to watch the end, I don't know, but uh, I remember that that very well. Yeah, Derek Warwick, you said on the um, episode when um, Steve was on, um, yeah. you you were talking about the uh, eighty-two uh, British Grand Prix yeah. when yeah. Uh, Warwick got up to uh, second in the Coleman. Well, yeah. no one mentioned on the fact with that that he was actually running on about half fuel and the car yeah. didn't break down. It just ran out of fuel. Yes. <laughs> there was a documentary about that, about the Tolman team recently, and, and, and they, 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 they said that they're on half tanks. I didn't know that. We all, we all thought it was a mechanical issue. But um, <laughs> no, he was, he was on, he was on, he was on um, a low fuel load. Excellent. Right. Um, we're approaching the end, folks. There's not a lot on this weekend. I mean, there is, I think, British GT, the opening round up at Alton Park. But on the international racing scene, there's no Formula One. There's no MotoGP. Oh, hold on. There is something. Dave, might be of interest to you. There's IndyCars at Long Beach. Excellent. <laughs> and there's also... Right back where uh, we came in. 
yeah, absolutely. And there's also IMSA at Long Beach as well. So I will, I can't watch IndyCar because I don't have Sky Sports, but I will be watching the IMSA race. Um, the shorter length IMSA races are better better than the long distance races because they've got this, this I've mentioned it so many times, it's this mad, um, yeah, these full course yellows, which, which ruined the endurance races. But uh, fingers crossed, there won't be any full course yellows uh, in the sprint race there. Um, the following weekend, I think it's quite busy the, the weekend after that. I think we're back to MotoGP and F1. Dakota, um, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm actually off skiing on, when is it, next Wednesday. So we won't be doing a recording next week. Uh, we may or may not be doing a recording the week after that. Obviously, it depends on, depends on whether I'm able to watch the MotoGP when I'm, when I'm out in Italy. I'm hoping to go to a bar to watch it in the Italian bar. I think that would be quite cool. Yeah, definitely. There's got to be, that, there's gotta be somewhere, hasn't there? On the, on the MotoGP the following week. So um, we're going to have a couple of weeks off, I think, before we meet again. So um, What about predictions for there. Kota then? What's that, sorry? If if oh. um, if you're not doing it next week, what about predictions now for Kota? Well, that's not a bad idea, is it? Right, um, Joe. Yep. This is MotoGP, Kota. I mean, I haven't got a clue, if I'm honest. I've got no idea on this. I mean, your guess is as good as... Well, do you want to go... For, you can probably say who I think I'm going to put first, don't you? Bagnaya. Miller. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it could. Miller. I just... I just yeah, next. I love Jack Miller. Um, <laughs> for, you, for you who don't know, I love Jack Miller. Uh, he's like the only MotoGP rider I really know. <laughs> uh, probably Bang Nye second, and yeah. then Zarco third. Yeah, Finn? Uh, Zarco third. Uh, Alex Marquez second. And Bagnaia to win. I wonder whether Bagnaia's confidence has been dented by that crash because he was saying after the race he didn't know why he fell off. And if you don't know why you fell off, that can affect your confidence. Um, Ed, predictions for for Kota MotoGP? Um, I think Bagnaia will win. Yeah. Not particularly exciting. Uh, I think... More Bedelli second, and then ooh. Uh, let's go Zarko third. Really, we've had nine different people named, or well, not different people named, and yet the one name that hasn't come up at Kota. I know what you're going to say. You're going to say Mark Marquez, but. He Absolutely. will have a double long lap penalty from the incident in Portugal. I don't think that's necessarily a problem. He is the king of Cota, isn't he? Absolutely. He put it on pole at uh, Portimao. I'm going to go Vinales to win. I'm going to go Ooh. Zarco second and Bezeki third. And I've got no idea on that. I don't know if those are good predictions or not. It, it is a complete lottery predicting... MotoGP. Yeah, um, yeah. Here we go, Dave. I won last week. I won seventy-five pounds actually, because 
the very kind people very kind people at live school bet gave me a free two pound bet which i had to apparently i had to put it on a on the man city football match and on a bet builder and i, I don't know anything about football i, I just said yeah that that and that and it won <laughs> so gave me eight pounds i put the eight pounds on Bezeki, having watched the sprint Excellent. race, I, I decided that Bezeki was obviously the favourite to win the main race. <laughs> Livesport.com had Bezeki at 15 to 1. Whoa. So I put Whoa. eight pounds on Bezeki on each way bet, and of course he won. Um, so that, that was, was nice. Second on the grid. And he was 15 to 1. Uh, madness. I know. That's, was this, when was this before? That was after the sprint race, before the main race. Bezeki will never be 15 to 1 ever <laughs> no, again. No. So um, I, I lucked in there. I've got no idea who's going to win, whether those predictions from, from us are good or not. I've got absolutely no idea. Um, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if Mark Marquez won, even with a double <laughs> long lap penalty. It's com it's impossible to predict, which is fantastic. I love Mark Marquez the, um, is that good anyway, and he's that good at yeah. Cota that I'm going to predict he's going to finish first, second, and third. How's about that? Right. So you're saying, Mark McKess, okay, well, we'll meet up in a couple of weeks' time, and we'll see whose predictions were best. Uh, there's also a WEC at that weekend as well. Um, that's from Portugal. So I will struggle to watch the MotoGP and the WEC by the time we do our next recording, because obviously I'll, I'll, I'll be busy doing the day skiing. Um, but we shall see. So in a couple of weeks' time, we'll meet up. So until then, it is goodbye. Well, thank you for having me. Bye-bye. This podcast was hosted, edited, and produced by Nick. The special guest was Dave Anthony. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the about page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started. So head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well.